Today, we have the latest updates on the Islanders' injury situation, plus who sits when the players who are now injured are back in the lineup. We also break down a disappointing Saturday evening performance against the Capitals, and we prepare you for the road trip out west. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everyone for being part of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got lots to get to on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've discussed on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, feel free to reach out via email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So please join me for instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey with fellow Islander fans, game time or anytime. So do reach out. Now, I just wanted to make a little bit of an announcement later this week, uh, starting with the Wednesday show. Obviously, you know, we usually premiere the show uh, midnight on YouTube, a little after midnight on Podcatchers. But since the Islanders are playing on the West Coast, the Wednesday and Thursday shows will debut probably about 45 minutes or so after the game ends, and we will go have our premiere at that time. So those of you that are Night Owls, it'll be a little bit later than normal that we have our show premiering. For those of you that catch the show in the morning first thing, you should not notice any difference. But it just goes for the day after the Islanders are playing on the West Coast so we can give you our post-game analysis uh, and not have to delay everything for a day. Wanted to kick off today with a couple of thoughts. The first one being uh, that the Islanders are getting some of their injured players back already and some others are allegedly or supposedly close to returning. The returnee already... Cal Clutterbuck, the Islanders activated him Saturday off the injured reserve, 
and uh, he was back in the lineup Saturday night against the Capitals. And, well, look, the Islanders certainly did not play particularly well in that game, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But Clutterbuck looked okay, four hits in 12 and a half minutes of ice time. And, you know, no shots on goal, really. One takeaway, one giveaway. But Clutterbuck looked relatively in shape. I mean, Part of the reason he was able to stay in shape, what he had was described as an upper body injury. And, you know, that allowed him to continue to skate at least during his absence. So good to have Cal Clutterbuck back in the lineup for the New York Islanders. And, you know, there was uh, certainly an easy decision for the Islanders as far as what to do, mainly because of other injuries. So we'll see what ends up happening. But, you know, for the Islanders, the decision was fairly easy in that Otto Koivula was banged up, so he became uh, a scratch on Saturday. So right now you still have uh, Matthew Barzal, who is uh, still out with an injury, Barzi, not skating as of yet, no timetable as to when he'll even begin skating. And then you have J.G. Pajot, who is still on IR, uh, but apparently Pajot getting closer to his return, and the indication from the Islanders is that Pajot is expected to go to the West Coast with the team this week. Now, it's a three-game West Coast swing coming up in LA on Tuesday, in Anaheim on Wednesday, and then Saturday in San Jose. So, again, the fact that he's going to make the trip doesn't mean he plays in all three games. He could play in all three, or he could play, you know, miss this the first game against LA, come back for the second game, or even miss the first two games and you know, be activated in time for next Saturday's game in San Jose. But the good news about Pajot is that he does appear to be pretty close to returning, and that is something that the Islanders really do need. And if Pajot comes back, one of the things that we will definitely see, then I think it'll benefit the team in a lot of ways, you know, Bo Horvat not producing as much offensively uh, the last five or six games. Not to say he isn't still contributing to the team's success in other ways, but look, uh, against Washington, for example, he played 23 and a half minutes, practically 23 minutes, 24 seconds. If you get uh, J.G. Pajot back in the lineup, that number for Bo Horvat goes down to, let's say, 19, 18 minutes. It keeps him fresher and makes him more effective when he is out there on the ice. You also will most likely be using him less frequently on the penalty kill because Pajot will, once he's back into game shape, resume being on the PK most likely. Clutterbuck returning will also cut down on Horvat's time on the penalty kill. And that'll keep him fresher for five-on-five five and obviously for power play situations. Again, 
Both of those things will benefit the Islanders. But who sits out when the uh, Islanders get J.G. Pajot back? To me, the number one candidate at this point is either Simon Holmstrom, who I think would make the most sense. He only played a little more than seven minutes against the Caps and realistically didn't you know, you know, isn't contributing a lot offensively overall. I think Holmstrom may have the potential to be, uh, you know, a, a more steady offensive contributor in the future. But as of right now, you look at the numbers for Simon Holmstrom over the course of the season. He's played 39 games and has four goals and five points. Now, look, he's only a minus one. He is playing predominantly bottom six minutes, but I think he would be the most likely candidate to head off the ice. The next most likely candidate in my mind would either be Josh Bailey or Pierre Engvall. I don't think you want to sit Engvall. I think the Islanders are going to give him every opportunity to integrate himself into the lineup, get more familiar with his teammates, and play more of his game. And uh, we'll talk more about Engvall in our second uh, segment. Bailey, you know, the reason I don't think they're going to bench Bailey, he is versatile. He can play center or any of the two wings, just like Engvall can. And his experience and just sort of the fact that it appears that Lane Lambert and Lou Lamorello really like Josh Bailey, again, Maybe you alternate, maybe Bailey sits one game, Engvall another, Holmstrom another, keeping everybody fresh, that's another possibility, but I think Holmstrom is the initial player to sit when J.G. Pajot returns to the lineup. Hopefully that will be in time for the first game of the road trip against L.A., but we have to see how it all plays out, and hopefully... Uh, you know, this is something we'll find out sooner rather than later. Uh, I, I would sit Holmstrom. I think that makes the most sense. He's young. He's still learning and maybe sitting in the press box for a couple of games will benefit him, uh, and, and give him a little bit more hunger even for lack of a better way to put it as we get a little closer to the playoff push. We have got more to get to on today's show. We will review Saturday's disappointing performance against the Washington Capitals. We'll have our key takeaways, our unsung hero of the game, our goat of the game, and a lot more. Uh, Plus, you know, we will talk a little bit more about this important West Coast road trip that is coming up. So all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, our next partner as a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to take one supplement that would meet all my nutritional needs. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, Saturday, the Islanders. Disappointing, to say the least. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things you could say about this game. Most of them are not good. I'll get the highlight out of the way early. Pierre Engvall picked up his first goal as a New York Islander. It actually did give the Isles a 1-0 lead just 5 minutes, 18 seconds into the game. That lead didn't even last 90 seconds. The game was tied. The Islanders outplayed really in all three zones for the majority of the game. They only allowed 27 shots, which isn't really that bad, but So many of them ended up being high-danger shots. And the Islanders, as a team, had only 18 shots on goal. And I would say, at most, five of them were high-danger shots. Maybe six. And that's it. Including the one goal by Engvall. But overall, the Islanders were on the perimeter. They were not going to the net enough. Their passes were not connecting. They did not seem to win the one-on-one battles cycling. And just overall, uh, a poor performance in almost every aspect of the game. I don't blame Semyon Varlamov. And Varley plays, what, first time in three or four games that he's out there on the ice. That is not easy. I would say out of the five goals he allowed, three of them were on screens that he probably didn't see in time to actually make the save on. Maybe one of the five goals could be considered soft or disappointing. So I'm not blaming Varley uh, for the team's loss, but boy, oh boy. Uh, All the things that the Islanders had been doing well over the last three or four games especially, but over really the last 12 or 13 games leading up to this, all of those things they stopped doing. And, you know, picking up players defensively was a disaster. And, you know, you just usually don't see such bad defensive play from the Islanders, at least not in the last four to five weeks Uh, I I think this was their worst defensive game since they were blown out by the Bruins. And, you know, they weren't physical enough. They weren't, I mean, no Islander defenseman. Here's a crazy statistic. No Islander defenseman in this game had more than one hit. All of them, all six of them that dressed had exactly one hit. You need more physicality from your defensemen. I think that is uh, sort of a gimme. And, you know, just just the idea of picking players up when they're skating back and, and, and not allowing them to be open in the slot and the surrounding high-danger areas, 
They failed to do that consistently. They weren't physical enough as a team, although you had Clutterbuck and Matt Martin tied for the team lead with four hits each. But, you know, overall, uh, it, it just wasn't the kind of game that you expect from the New York Islanders. And they really just didn't have it. Now, look, if I were to go back in time, we talked about the importance of this four-game stretch that the Islanders had against other teams that they are battling for those wild-card spots with. So it was Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington. If I told you back on March 3rd, which is the day before that Detroit game, that the Islanders would win three out of the four games on that four-game gauntlet against teams they're competing with. You would have signed up for that. I would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. And I think if you were to tell me the team they lost to was Washington, a team that is, you know, five points behind the Islanders and has only one game in hand on the Islanders, if I had to choose who they would lose to, I, I would pretty much go with the Washington Capitals. So overall, three out of four in that swing, not a complaint. One other thing that really let the Islanders down, special teams uh, in this game, it was not pretty on the power play. 0 for 5, again, just not creating high-quality, dangerous scoring chances. When you have the extra attacker, you got to move the puck and or move without the puck. The Islanders consistently did neither, and they didn't do a good job of getting into the zone, establishing zone time, 0 for 5 on the power play. That is not a recipe for success. And, you know, the penalty kill did get the job done. No power play goals for the Caps. But the fact that they took silly penalties in this game and, you know, four of them to be exact, it really, especially in the second period, kind of broke up the momentum that the Islanders hopefully would have and it, it just didn't let them get going. Matt Martin added, we took a couple of penalties in the middle frame when we were trying to come back from a one-goal lead. Even though we killed them off, it kills the momentum. We were just a little off tonight for whatever reason. And again, over 82 games, your team is going to have some contests where, yeah, they're a little off. They're not going to be getting the job done uh, to the best of their ability but how they respond, how they bounce back becomes important. And hopefully we will see a good bounce back performance from the Islanders when they go on this important West Coast trip, which gets underway early this week. We have got more to get to on today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about that West Coast trip and what it's going to mean. We also will have our unsung hero and our goat of the game and our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories, well, you've got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 
real chocolate. That's what makes them the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. That and listen to these flavors. Coconut almond, churro, peanut butter brownie, my personal favorite, the cookies and cream. And the macros are outstanding. Each bar averages just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, we've been telling you, you can go to Built.com and order a box, have it delivered directly to your door. But now, if you don't want to wait for delivery, you can go to your local Sam's Club or Walmart and pick up a box in person. So, got to go over, get yourself a Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. You can thank me later. So this West Coast swing gets underway uh, on Tuesday, and it's three games, two of the three teams, I'm telling you now, two of the three teams on the schedule are teams that would not make the playoffs if the season ended right now. In fact, there are two teams, I'm talking about Anaheim, who they're going to play uh, on Wednesday. And then on uh, Saturday, San Jose. These are two teams that are more in the tank for Bedard mode, who are closer to the bottom of the league standings than they are to making the playoffs. And I'm not disparaging these teams. They're struggling. But they're still NHL teams. And they can still give you... uh, you know, a a fight, especially on the road when you're talking about the time zone difference and everything else for the Islanders. LA Kings, who are the first team they're facing, and we'll preview that game on tomorrow's show. The Kings are a dangerous team. They are a solid contender in the West, and the Islanders will not be able to take them lightly. But this Islanders team really does need a strong performance Got to win, in my mind, a minimum of two of these three games uh, in order to to really get the job done and keep that playoff run going. I am guessing that Semyon Varlamov will probably play the Wednesday game against Anaheim. That's a back-to-back. So you go with your starting goalie, Sorokin, against L.A., which is the tougher team. And it also gives Varley a couple of days extra rest. And then you go with Varlamov, and then probably back to Sorokin for the Saturday game in San Jose. That's, again, assuming no injuries, but we'll see what Lane Lambert decides to do. As for our unsung hero and our GOAT of the game from uh, Saturday's contest, uh, our GOAT of the game, going with Noah Dobson, poor defense, a minus three in this game, uh, and and just just looked a little sloppy. There are too many other players we could give consideration for go to the game, but only three players were minus threes, and that was Dobson, Horvat, and Lee. Uh, certainly, you know, other players, like I said, made some pretty glaring mistakes, but to me, uh, Dobson earned it because he was just on the ice for so many of those goals and looked very, very not confident and not strong in his own zone for the majority of the game. And then I think Dobson also can be, I don't know about blamed, but can be held partially responsible for the fact that the power play went 0 for 5 in this game. And that is clearly a big reason 
why the Islanders lost. As for the unsung hero of the game, I'm going to go, oh boy, you know, it's it's a tough one. I'm going to go with Cal Clutterbuck. He was not, he was even, wasn't on goal for any of the goals allowed, had four hits and the takeaway in just uh, 12 and a half minutes of ice time and made his return. So on a day where I, I guess, you know, Engvall with the only goal would be considered the closest thing the Islanders had to a hero of the game, your unsung hero is Cal Clutterbuck. And Engvall starting to come around. Uh, uh, I don't think he's quite comfortable yet, but, you know, 13 and a half minutes of ice time, a little bit more than what we've seen from him recently, and I think he's just starting to get a little more comfortable in the New York Islanders system, and that is certainly something that, you know, Islander fans have been waiting for, and it's good to see. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we're a couple of days early on this one, but Wednesday will be the 62nd birthday of former Islanders defenseman Craig Ludwig. Ludwig, uh, a native of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, drafted by the Canadiens in the third round back in 1980, spent three years at the University of North Dakota, and joined the Habs in 82-83, became an Islander in 1990-91 before being dealt to the Minnesota North Stars, who then became the Dallas Stars. So uh, Craig Ludwig, uh, only an Islander for one season, and yet, you know, he did what he does very well, and that is he is a defensive defenseman, first and foremost. Ludwig, 6'3", 220 pounds. And, you know, his job was to be physical in his own zone. He topped 100 penalty minutes uh, twice with the Canadiens, once with the North Stars, twice with the Dallas Stars, and, you know, never had more than seven goals in any NHL season. With the Islanders, 75 games, one goal, nine uh, uh, points, and 77 penalty minutes. One of his better games with the Isles, December 23rd, 1990, at the old Igloo in Pittsburgh. Islanders taking on the Penguins, and Ludwig had an assist and was a plus one, along with three shots on goal in the Islanders' 4-3 to three overtime win over the Penguins. Bill Berg got the tying goal midway through the third period, and that's the goal Ludwig assisted on. And then Pat Flatley got the game winner with 31 seconds left in overtime. So a tough, physical, defensive defenseman, Craig Ludwig, is our Islanders' birthday of the day. want to thank everyone for making Locked on Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result— Locked On Game to Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow. We'll have a full preview of the game against the LA Kings coming up tomorrow night. And... Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the future of Lou Lamorello. Some rumors going around about that that I'm sure you'll be interested in hearing about. 
And, uh, yeah, don't forget, again, Wednesday's show will be uh, premiering a little bit later, both on YouTube and on Podcatchers, about a half hour, 45 minutes after the Islanders game ends. Until tomorrow, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!